Hello, and welcome to Killer Conversations. I'm Jessica. And I'm Allie. And we are back. Yay! Yay! I love when we're back. I love when we're back, too. It's so fun. I know. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, so we are actually recording our second episode in one day. Yay! Because we're getting close to Christmas, and so we want to have some stuff so we can kind of relax and enjoy the Christmas times. And just not have to worry about murder. Being murdered. And, yeah, being murdered. And, you know. <laughs> the use. The use. And so, anyway, we're recording our second episode um, in one day. And we are going to go with Atlee this time. She's got something prepared for us. And I'll just butt in with all of my amazing comments. Oh. And we will have another killer conversation. Because we're filming, or filming, we're not even filming. We're recording. Recording. Because we're recording two in one day, we don't really have any clarifications or updates because it's been about 30 seconds since we recorded the last episode. So, we'll have those for you next time. If we screwed something up, let us know. If you have something to add, let us know. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have any suggestions as to what we should cover on this lovely podcast, let us know and we will look into it because eventually things are going to get weird around here. Um, around these parts. Around these parts. So <laughs> anyway, I don't know why I went country all of a sudden. Anyway, so we were just gangster like a second I ago. I know. And they were like around look these Wikipedia. Parking lot. Oh my goodness. Anyway, for real. So. We are going to go ahead and get started with Allie June. Allie June. Allie June. So the case that I'm doing is the Cleveland House of Horrors, and I'm pretty sure I heard about this case on TikTok as well. That is literally where I hear about all the cases that I'm talking about. It's really kind of a red flag because all I do is watch TikTok, true crime TikTok. It's fine. They're it's my totally absolute fine. favorite. Well, I mean, we got to get our stuff from somewhere. So That's true. Anyway, no, Allie came to talk to me about this one, and she was like, hey, do you know what that one murder is with the one thing? I was like, yeah, what's that one called? And this and this. this. I'm like, oh, Google it. But it sounds familiar. It's a good case. It is Well, it's not good, but it has a happy ending, which is good. So I'm going to also be giving a little information on the victims and how they disappeared first, and then I'm going to get into the nitty-gritty. So Michelle Knight disappeared August 23rd, 2002, after leaving a cousin's house. She was 21 years old at the time, and on the day she went missing, she had a court hearing for the custody of her son, Joey. The police initially thought she'd just run away because she missed the court, like, time, because mm-hmm. she had gone missing, so she missed it. So oh, they thought she'd she ran away. She ran away? Because she missed the court Why hearing. do they always run away? I don't know. They're always talking about how... Teenagers run away, and that's the first thought. How many times have you run away? I have never run away, Mm, actually. I'm sure when I was like, you know how all kids are like, I'm running away, and I'm never coming back. I just hid in my room when I did that, and I was like, don't ever find me, I ran away. Yeah, so sneaky. (laughs) I know. (laughs) It just doesn't make any sense how they're going to automatically say, oh, this teenager ran away because they're a teenager. But this is a 21-year-old woman. She has her life. Put together in a way, like she's not just going to up and run away. 
Like, obviously something's wrong because mm-hmm. she loves her son. Right. So after 15 months of her being missing, the police took her out of the National Crime Information Center database, which made it very hard for people to even, like, know that she was missing. So after 15 months after she went missing, after she was reported missing, mm-hmm. they took her out of the missing database? Yeah, they were just like, oh, well, she doesn't matter because they were like, oh, she ran away. Great. Which is ridiculous because if someone is missing... I sure hope they do that when I go missing. Are you going to run away? Well, I mean, I guess so. Isn't that what we do? I guess everybody just runs away. I mean, I'm by no means a teenager right now, but I, you know, whatever. That's true. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get seriously not a teenager. Anyway. So then Amanda Berry went missing on April 21st, 2003, which was one day before her 17th birthday, which is so sad. Mm-hmm. She was last heard from around 8 p.m. when she called her sister saying that she was getting a ride home from her job, which was at Burger King. The FBI also considered her a runaway, which is bull, (laughs) until a man called her mother from her phone saying that he had Amanda and that she would be home in a few days. Oh, my mom would freak out. I know. My mom would have lost it. Mm -hmm. My mom, the murder queen of... I mean, she's not a murderer, but man, she's like the 60 minutes watching. Be aware of your surroundings. Subscribe Call me. To investigational discoveries. Right. <laughs> Call me every five minutes on your yeah. way home. Oh, my mom would have lost her mind. Dude, you should have heard my mom after I called her and told her I got in that car wreck. She was like, oh my gosh, are you okay? And then one time these guys were prank calling me and my mom was going off. So imagine if some random man calls her and is like, she'll be home later. It's fine. I don't be like, no, she Trust won't. Trust me, it's fine. She has chores to do. Can you bring her back? She didn't unload the dishwasher. She didn't clean her room before she left. I would so... really appreciate it if you didn't kidnap her right now on account of the fact that Can we really need... Can you kidnap her in like an hour or two from now? That'd yeah. be great. She has some cleaning to do. All right. I'm not, I am not unloading the dishwasher. I told her this morning that I'm not doing it. <laughs> she needs to... What is it when they're like... She don't pay rent. That's what my mom says. <laughs> you don't pay rent. You don't get to not clean the house. <laughs> so Amanda was featured on America's Wo- Most Wanted, which linked her to Jenna De... Gina De Jesus? De Jesus? I thought it would be Jesus. Maybe. Well, Gina. old Gina. 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 Gina went missing April 2nd, 2004. She was last seen at a payphone around 3 while on the way home from school. Her and her friend Arlene had called Arlene's mother to ask if they could have a sleepover, and when Arlene's mother said no, they parted ways. Arlene was the last person to see Gina before she vanished. Super. I bet Gina's mom's like... I know. If I had just let them have a sleepover. The sleepover... Oh, the regrets. I know. The regrets, man. I know. Imagine how terrible her mom felt after that. But it was Arlene's mom who said right. no. No, I mean, like, Arlene's mom's like, did I say Gina? You did say oh, Gina. Oh, I meant Arlene. I'm like, Arlene's mom. Poor Arlene's I know. mom. She's wildin'. But there's uh, a twisty part. Oh, a twisty part. Yeah. Why was she on America's Most Wanted? Isn't that for criminals? I thought it was too, but in the news article that I found, it said that she's on America's Most Wanted, but like as a victim, not like a criminal. Huh. Because I was like, oh, okay. She's a criminal. She's a criminal runaway. Mm. 
She must be because she's a teenager and they all just run away. (sighs) So, no one knew who was behind this, but it turns out that Arlene's dad, that's right, Gina's friend Arlene, who last saw Gina alive, was the man kidnapping these girls. His name was Ariel Castro. Wait, what? I know, mic drop! So, so... Oh, Lord. That's how he would lure these girls in. He'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm Arlene's dad. And they'd be like, oh, okay. Like, he gained their trust because they were this little girl's friend. He was like, oh, yeah, I'm her, I'm her dad. And they'd be like, oh, okay, can you give me a ride home? And he'd be like, yeah. So and then he'd take did them. all three of them know Arlene, then? Yeah. Did the cops connect those dots? I think they did after the fact. After they caught him, they were like, oh, yeah. They were all besties with Arlene. I don't think, I don't think Michelle was connected to them at all. Uh, I think she was just like, of oppor- like an opportunity, because yeah. Why are people crazy? I don't know. Like, how can you do that to your daughter, and all these little girls? Like, you are absolutely insane. Oh my gosh. So I also wanted to do like a pause and like just do a little background on Castro because I was like, surely this man has to be absolutely messed up. And I found a lot, and I couldn't put it all in my slideshow, which I probably should have because your stories were so long. And I'm it's that mine. I long just enough. talk all the time. So background on him. His parents divorced when he was little, and then he moved to the mainland United States with his mother and three siblings. They lived in Pennsylvania and then moved to Cleveland, Ohio, where his father and other family were living. He graduated from Lincoln West High School in 1979 and later met his girlfriend in the 80s. They eventually moved in together in 1992, and Castro's girlfriend's sister stated that all hell started breaking loose when they moved in together. His sister claimed that Castro beat his girlfriend, broke her nose, ribs, and arms, causing a blood clot in her brain that resulted in an inoperable tumor. Bro. Mm-hmm. He also threw her down a flight of stairs and cracked her skull, and he was arrested for domestic violence in 1993. Yeah? Yeah. But in 1996, his girlfriend moved out and and had full custody of their children. And in 2005, his girlfriend went to court, or his ex-girlfriend went to court and accused him of frequently abducting his children. And the court granted her a temporary restraining order, which was dismissed in a few months. So he has a history of abducting children. Is and what I'm writing. using women. Yeah. Which also is not a good sign. I feel like if you abuse women, you shouldn't just get let off easy and you shouldn't just get to have a restraining order and that restraining order not even stay. Like you should be in jail if you abuse anybody. Yeah. It's really just that simple and I don't know why people can't understand. I just don't understand how I mean I do understand and I don't I do and I don't Mm -hmm. understand how people slip through the cracks so much Mm -hmm. like I was listening to Crime Junkie because hey Crime Junkie follow us we love you anyway um (laughs) so I was listening to Crime Junkie and it was about basically just some people who it was just a failure of the foster care system oh my gosh I hate the foster the foster care system and terrible and then there was another episode where it was, like, the failure of parole officers. Oh. These people were 
living in like a little house in the backyard and this guy was on parole and or probation parole whatever he had a parole officer and the parole officer would like check in but didn't like notice that he had abducted these people and like it oh was this whole thing so I anyway like that's a big thing to not notice like how do you not notice that he's abducting someone i mean i don't either anyway it just seems like that should be part of your job right anyway yeah. why is the theme of our podcast i feel like tip number you know whatever is can't you just do your job yeah like for real anyway go on i don't understand so when he kidnapped these girls he kept them for a very long period of time and he would hardly ever give them food he would keep them locked in dark rooms and made them keep diaries which they described all the abuse and all the torture that they would have to go through. And a lot of them, like a lot of the journal entries were talking about how they just wanted to see their families again and how they were contemplating suicide because they mm. just, they never thought that they would be let go and they never thought that they would get to see their families again. That is so mm -hmm. bad. Like he made them keep diaries. He was like, well, if you don't do your diary entry, then you don't get to eat. What kind of sadistic... I know. Ugh. So they got fed one meal a day. They got to shower twice a week. And he would turn the girls against each other. So then they wouldn't talk about escaping. Like, he'd be like, oh, well, this one said that you did this. And this one, I like this one more than you. So then the girls wouldn't like each other. So they wouldn't team try up. to team up and overpower him or try to team up and escape. <laughs> like, terrible... Like, just... So, just basically, like... Constantly torturing them every chance he got. Not just physically, but... But mentally, too. Yeah. Terrible. So, one of the victims, Michelle Knight, reported to the police that Castro impregnated her at least five times, but he beat her so bad that none of the babies ended up making it. Mm. Which, that, on top of everything else, like, losing babies is so hard, like, mentally... And physically, that, like, that on top of everything else is just terrible. He would beat Michelle with dumbbells, punch her, slam her against walls, and also starve her. And that's why none of her babies would make it. Mm -hmm. It's literally awful. So on Christmas Day in 2006, Castro made Michelle assist the birth of Amanda's baby, which took place in a small inflatable swimming pool, which is also terrible. And he threatened to kill Michelle if the baby didn't make it. Mm. I know. Which, like, on top of everything else, now you have to make sure that this baby is alive after mm. all your babies want, which is terrible. And at one point, the baby stopped breathing, but Michelle, like, managed to resuscitate the baby and Castro took the baby out of the house occasionally, and the baby called him dad and called his mother grandma. Oh. I know. Gross. It's terrible. And the neighbors called the police on Castro multiple times, and I found one article that said that they called the police because these naked women were on dog leashes digging in the dirt in the front yard. But the police were like, you didn't, you didn't call us. Great. What do you mean? Great. Yeah, they said that they have no recorded phone calls. And that's why they didn't show up and save these women. That's pretty suspicious. I know. 
And there's another time where the police went to Castro's house to investigate and talk to him on a different case that involved him, but he wasn't home, so they left. Hmm. Sounds a lot like Mm -hmm. people not following up. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that the public service agencies are super overworked and super understaffed, and I get it, Mm -hmm. but there are so many bad people out there that have reasons they need to be checked on. Mm -hmm. People need to check on them. Especially if you have a past of abusing women and Mm -hmm. kidnapping children. Right? Like, you'd think he'd he'd need a wellness check every once in a while. Mm. Yeah. So Castro's son said that there were rooms in the house that he kept locked so that no one could get in there, which is... Not suspicious at all. I was just going to say that. And he also, when the police were interviewing Castro, he said that he didn't have an exit plan. He either planned on killing himself or getting caught. And the police found a suicide note, and he said that if he killed himself or got caught, that all of his possessions would be given to these women that he kidnapped abused, and absolutely traumatized. I don't... I mean... Duh. Mm-hmm. What is wrong with people? I don't know. And a lot of people were asking, like, oh, why didn't you try to escape? Like, asking them those questions. But what he would do is he would, like, make them think he was gone and leave a door unlocked, and if they tried to leave and he found out, he would beat them. Mm. So it, like conditioned them to like not try or conformed them to like not escaping and just like staying there or they would get beat more he was literally like training them like dogs like it was terrible well and if you have a a personality i mean some people i don't know there's always this thing and it pops up and there's always a like i don't know what i saw but it's people who do there's people who do nothing there's people who do the right thing and people who do the wrong thing and it's like there's percentages or so a lot, most people will do nothing or whatever anybody else tells them to do mm-hmm. because they're not, they like, they don't know what the right thing to do is. And so I think, and these girls are so young, you know, yeah, and they can't figure out, I mean, they don't have enough experience to realize like, if I make a break for it, like odds are I could probably make it to the neighbor's house. Like if he leaves the door unlocked or something. But or, he also had like, big locks on the doors Mm -hmm. which like how would you not think that was a red flag if you saw a huge lock on the door right like obviously you're hiding something and obviously the neighbors were paying attention Mm -hmm. at least a little bit yeah and they called the police multiple times but they were just like whatevs sure it's nothing no biggie (laughs) i feel like if i was a neighbor though like if the cops weren't doing anything, I saw naked people chained up in my yard. I'd yeah. probably call, like, the news. Yeah. Or something. Like, if the cops don't show up, then you call somebody else, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. just like, well, the cops didn't come. So, I mean, there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. Like, when I was reading that, it reminded me of Jeffrey Dahmer when his neighbor called the police multiple times. And they were like, no, he's okay. Like, that's literally what it reminded me of. And I was like, does nobody want to do anything? Like, that is your job. Like, you are responsible for all this business that's happening. All the business. All the business. Like, that is your job. And if you don't do your job, you are going to be held responsible. Or maybe you're not. Because right, other people can't do their jobs either. So, on May 6th of 2013, which is, it was 10 10 years years. after 
she was kidnapped. So it'd be like Michelle was in there for like 11 years, which is terrible. So Amanda finally was able to make contact with Castro's neighbors because he did actually accidentally leave a door unlocked. And she waved out of the door to like Mm -hmm. signal to the neighbors. So like even though he had been doing this to her and like testing her and like teasing her with all this, she was like, this is the time that I'm getting out of here. So she was waving at the neighbors and then the neighbors helped her escape and also her six-year-old daughter escaped. And so then they called the police on the neighbor's phone and then the neighbors came back with the police and the police rescued all the other girls, which is amazing. I love a happy ending. I do. But I hope these girls are doing okay now. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So Castro was charged with four counts of kidnapping and three counts of rape. And he got a thousand years in jail because they also had like 300 other counts. Yeah. I'll be there forever. I know. I was reading it and I was like, why not just, just off him? Like, he's a terrible person. But I'm sure he gave some sort of information mm-hmm. to like. Or the state or whatever didn't have the death penalty. Or... Oh, yeah. I hate that. There's another controversy for you, you know. Oh, my word. I feel like if you are a terrible person. Okay. No, I don't. (sighs) Okay, we're done. I think. Can't do it. No, can't do it. Can't do it. That's for another episode, you know, like death penalty or no. No. Uh, Yes. But. What? What? No. Huh? Anyway. Um, Gosh, I just, again, I was listening to Crime Junkie. Hey, Crime Junkie. Anyway. (laughs) um, And they were talking about Casey Dugard. 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 Whatever. One of those should be right. They were talking about Casey Duger. Just say all of them, and then you can just edit out which one's not right. Crime junkies, we love you. Um, anyway, they were talking about J.C. Duggard. So not even Casey. No, it was J.C. Right. Okay. I suck. Okay. So they're talking about J.C. Duggard, and she was held captive in, like, the little house behind mm-hmm. the her abductor's house. And anyway, a lot of the episode, though, was about how she bounced back. Because she was there. She got abducted when she was really young, and then she got rescued when she was 29. I oh, mean, gosh. so she was there for a long time. She had two kids by this guy that abducted her. But they talked a lot about how she ended up having to go to therapy and, like, yeah, they did horse therapy and all this stuff. And I just, I hope that these girls had the kind of support that J.C. had. Because mm-hmm. J.C. had an amazing support system. Yeah. And I can't imagine coming through this like a normal person without some sort of yeah support system. At mm-hmm. least a halfway decent one. Yeah, it's... I do remember this, though. I remember them, I don't remember them getting kidnapped, but I remember seeing on the news when they were rescued. Because this was not too long ago, I guess. What year did you say it was? 2013? They were rescued in 2013. Yeah. So, okay, it was longer ago than I thought. But (laughs) I do remember, shut up. I didn't say anything. I can see it in your eyes. Um, so, but I do remember wondering what in the world the neighbors were 
like to notice things and not report it. Yeah. I don't know. But that is a good one. And I do love a happy ending. Me too. But I felt really bad for them at first because like as soon as they got out, of course there were like news cameras shoved in their face and like they all mutually agreed that they were gonna take a break because uh-huh. they don't wanna keep reliving this traumatic experience. Yeah, which fair. is valid. Yeah. Like I hate news reporters when people are like getting rescued and they're like, What are your opinions on being kidnapped for eleven years? Vultures. Like, girl. Back up. They don't wanna talk about it. Like all that money on it. Yeah. They'll talk when they're ready. Yeah. There might be never. Like they've just been traumatized. Don't traumatize them. More. I know. And I know people want to know. Yeah. And they want to know and they want all the details and because we have this sick, morbid curiosity for yeah. literally everything that is awful. Yeah. Aren't humans great? They're so because it's like, oh, a train? Oh, a car accident? Oh, I'm gonna involve myself what? in that train wreck. Yeah, it's like, what is it about people? But I get it. But at the same time, let the girls be for a sec. I know. Like, let them pause and, like, I don't know, maybe go see their families after 10 years? Yeah. Maybe just, like, reflect. Yeah. Do a little therapy. Yeah, I was going to say that. You know, catch up on some Netflix. Yeah. Whatever you got to do. And then, then maybe be like, Respectfully, beep, boop, boop, boop. respectfully, can I have an interview? And they'll be like, maybe when I'm ready. Yeah. But what are you going to get out of them? Like, Literally. how do you feel like being abducted? How, did you like being it chained sucked. to that wall? Like, like, it sucked. It was not fun. I do not recommend. Zero out of ten. Do not recommend being abducted. The crazy part for me, like, when I was reading my article, I saw that, like, this was Arlene's dad, and these girls were friends with Arlene. Right? I was like, did no, Arlene he didn't ever suspect anything, or did she like not see Nobody, her dad ever? Or everyone thought he was just a normal person, but like his son said that he would like strike up conversations about the missing girls. And one time, his okay. son was like, "Well, I bet Amanda's dead," and his dad was like, "Oh, really? You think?" And I was like, "Oh my word!" Like he was just so cocky. Because he didn't get caught for so long that he just started getting lazy and getting cocky and, like, just, ugh, terrible. I mean, he built himself up. and I mean, he got away with it for a long time. He did. And how many more people are doing stuff like that? And they're just getting away with it. Yeah. It's a, such a scary thought. This is why I have to I run out that. to my car when we get done with these. Still raining? I'm still, still run out. Look under your car. I do. I look under my car. I check my back seat. Situational awareness. Yep. Don't let anybody follow you through the targets. Yep. Mm. I don't go anywhere by myself anyways. I always make someone come with me. I'm too scared. That's a good call. That's a good call. Well. Well. Here we are at the end of the second part of our... Third episode. Third episode, which we'll probably call episode four and name it something like zero out of ten. Don't recommend getting abducted or something. I don't know. <laughs> that was good. That was so, like, it flowed. The flow was just yeah. like, mm. Mm. chef's kiss. Ten out so of ten good. flow. Zero out of ten recommending getting abducted. Yeah. 
I never go anywhere alone. That's <laughs> what so we can call it. Uh, anyway. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. But anyway, so Crime Junkies, we love you. We said that three times. At least I do. Anyway. That's our tip. And our tip is listen to Crime Junkies. Because they're amazing. Because they're amazing. They are super well put together and we love them. And they're not and chaotic, unlike somebody I know. Raw, well. Some people mm, I know. Just saying. <laughs> you do. And so stay safe. And we will be back with another episode soon. Yay. Yay. Thank you.